Hello, and welcome to the Webtoon Room. I'm Will. And I'm Crudy. And today, we're not here to talk about any one Webtoon. We're here to talk about what we're reading this week. Yeah, I'm excited. This is going to be a little bit more of an informal episode. We're going to go through a few different Webtoons. And unlike our other episodes, this will be spoiler-free. So if you have not checked out any of these Webtoons, we got you covered. Let's get into it. So, Curdy, what do you want to get started with? Well, well, there's a lot because I've actually been reading a lot this week. Um, there's there's like seven different webtoons I could talk about, but you've been reading Sub Zero, so I want to hear some of your thoughts on that. So, just to preface this, I'm not normally a big fan of these kinds of romance webtoons, but Sub Zero got to me. It has really, really great character interactions and the way the main couple communicates with each other is so great to see on the page so even for me who isn't normally a big romance fan actually really got into this one yeah i think they do this webtoon really does do a good job of i think building the main couple's relationship which i really like yeah it's it's really really refreshing to me honestly i am a little tired of certain tropes in romance webtoons. I used to be really into shoujo manga, but I got really, really tired of some of the same tired tropes that the kind of misunderstandings that a lot of these young couples have. And in this one, and in Sub-Zero, there are misunderstandings, but they're a lot more understandable. And the characters, they address them with a maturity that really let me buy into their romance. Right. I think I would agree with that. And something else that I would say that I really appreciate about how this main couple is handled is, and I think we can talk about the premise of this because I don't think that's too much of a spoiler. Essentially, it takes from the forced proximity, the arranged marriage kind of trope, and these two characters have to come together in marriage. They're from warring nations to end the war between their two countries, between their two kingdoms so that peace can prevail, you know, across the land, so they say. And and so that's the premise of Sub-Zero. And so these two are in an arranged marriage. They would be enemies if not for these peace arrangements, if not for this arranged marriage. And so they're going into this with this perspective. And what I like about this main couple is that they're very much on the same page with each other when it comes to the sacrifice that they are making. Sure, Cairo is a little bit moodier, and a little bit more guarded, I mean a lot more guarded, but we can get into that, um, than Clove is necessarily, at least in the way that he comes off. But he readily acknowledges what this is, she readily acknowledges what this is, and they both are on the same page with each other with how they want to proceed externally to other people, you know, how they're behaving around other people in order to build up support for this alliance and make it seem successful. So they don't start off on a romantic foot right away, but I like that they're really just on the same page, which I think is just, it's good writing. Yeah, I think you nailed it on the head. They are a partnership. They work together on things. It isn't just about the the, the romantic connection. There's There's a practical aspect to it because they are royalty. 
but their attraction is definitely there. Yeah, and I'm really glad also. That's another thing that I really like about Sub-Zero is the way that they handle the attraction romance component in relation to everything else because it's a little unrealistic to expect two young people, two very attractive young people to meet and come together in this and kind of not have that attraction and attractiveness be acknowledged. But Sub-Zero does acknowledge it. Cairo is pretty upfront with expressing this to Clove and Clove kind of doesn't deny it either. And so I like that because it's just very realistic. He knows that she's very attractive, but he's got all of these other guards up and other these other questions, right? And they're still very much getting to know each other, which is made very clear. And so the way that their relationship is built up and approached is very realistic. It's very true to life in this tropey scenario, which I appreciate. It it feels just good, like good writing to me. Which, I mean, I've already said that, but it does. And I appreciate it as a fan of this trope and as a fan of romance. I like a smartly written romance, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, of course. So I've got in my notes here that you've been reading Elisid. How is that? <laughs> yeah, I really love Elisid. Uh, and I honestly wasn't expecting to really love Elisid because it is an action genre. And that's not to say that I don't like action, but I wasn't expecting to love the things that I love about Elisid because of the genre. By which I mean... This webtoon is so damn funny. Like, I <laughs> I was reading this, I think at like 2 a.m., and I was legitimately just cackling to myself. Like, because of how hilarious this webtoon is, it's so good. I can't get over it. And, and I'll go into the premise of the webtoon, which basically is centered around this young man, Jiu, who is just a very sweet, kind-hearted person. And he is, I think, one of the most adorable people that I've ever seen in a webtoon ever, just as a character. I love him so much. Uh, it's between him, he's this kind-hearted, you know, young man, a uh, high school student, and he's got these powers that help him move about the world, but he seems to live in a, like a kind of fear too, because he's different. And this fat cat who he finds in an alley as a stray cat and this fat cat has the body of a fat cat but has been kind of taken over by this very powerful they call them awakened ones you know beings with powers in this world are called awakened ones uh, this very powerful awakened one in trying to flee from other people he has taken the body of this very fat cat so <laughs> it's their partnership that forms the foundation of this webtoon and it is just the most adorable thing. Yeah, I've only read maybe 10 or so episodes of Elisid and I liked what I read, though I, at the time I just didn't get around to reading more of it. What about Elisid do you like? I like a lot about Elisid. Uh, I mentioned the humor. It's really, really funny in kind of an unexpected way, especially with an action genre webtoon. Another thing that I think that this webtoon does really, really well that gets you really invested in its characters and their relationships is the found family aspect that you sometimes get in media where characters that aren't necessarily related to each other and that are kind of loners or drifters on their own, they don't have people close to them, they kind of form this tight-knit 
group, this bond, and it's that found family aspect. There's lots of bromance as well, uh, if you're into that, which, like, I love found families. I love, you know, two guys forming just this really close relationship and finding kinship and finding family, you know, in each other. I love that. And this webtoon does that so, so well. It is very Korean in its presentation and in the tone of it, in some of the story beats. It just reminds me a lot of different K-dramas that I watched. For me, it's a pleasant thing. If you're not into that, this may not be for you, but I really love it and it totally works for this webtoon. So I just, I really love this. Um, I cannot comment on the quality of the action scenes in this webtoon because I just personally don't think I'm the best judge of that so maybe will when you read more of it you can let me know what you think about that but i really like it for everything else and i'm really invested in the story i honestly wished that there were more chapters to read because i was just binging this uh i think i hit a point around like maybe chapter 20 or so where i was like i need to read the entire thing right now it is so good <laughs> one thing also of note if we haven't convinced you already to check it out Elseed is a team-up, actually, by two fairly well-known Webtoon creators, the creator of Girls of the Wilds and Noblesse. Yeah, definitely check it out if you're interested. We, I recommend it. So, Will, what else have you been checking out this week? One canvas Webtoon that I checked out this week was a Webtoon called Fantasies Are Realities Tears. This one was a really fun one. It's... Uh, I ended up reading it in one go late at night, not cackling to myself, but <laughs> it was fun. It was definitely a fun one. So it's a fantasy story that involves a prince from a fantasy world who gets dragged from his own into another one and sort of what happens from there. And it's it's fairly enjoyable. It's not the most epic or gripping <laughs> fantasy tale to me, but if you're looking for a fun, action-y, adventure-y, fantasy story. It's a fun one. Check it out. Do you think that the story does a good job of setting up the fantasy elements? Because that can be such a challenge sometimes for fantasy stories. How do you think this story did with that? I think it did a pretty good job setting up some of the other fantasy races and the natural hierarchy that exists in this world. This story is a little less focused on its setting and more focused on its main characters, but mm -hmm. it's through their lens that we understand the fantasy. It ties itself up pretty well in, in giving the reader a good understanding. That's really good. And I kind of tend to like those types of stories anyway, the ones that are character focused. So it sounds like it worked for the story. It did. Nice. Well, speaking of fantasy, something else that I've been reading this week is Hooves of Death, which I know that you're caught up on too. So I'm really excited to talk about this. Oh, this... yeah. <laughs> I love this one. You love this one too. I do. I really, really, really do. This webtoon is just such a good example of like this fantasy adventure romp kind of story. And it reminds me, honestly, a little bit of a good animated children's TV show or even like a young adult fantasy novel kind of and it just does this really excellent execution of fusing these different mythological creatures and characters into the story because we get unicorns we get 
big feet. Like, it's all of these different characters. We get a hellhound, you know, and zombies. That's the other thing. This is also a zombie apocalypse novel. But the thing that Hooves of Death does really well is fusing all of these together so it feels cohesive. It doesn't feel like you've got too many things in the kitchen sink uh, or too many cooks in the kitchen. Everything is planned out in a way where it makes sense, it feels cohesive, and you feel like you're reading one story, which is such an accomplishment because both of us, and I think everyone, has read fantasy stories or has even tried to write a fantasy story sometimes where you're trying to incorporate so many different elements, and that's a very difficult feat to accomplish, to make it feel like one story and to make it all work together because when you've got so many different characters especially from different kinds of mythos uh, that can be hard to integrate but this one does it really well yeah hoves of death pulls from american folklore pulls from local legends it pulls from greek mythos it's got a zombie apocalypse in the background it's got unicorns from my little pony in them like <laughs> it's it's blended all of these different things together and it just works the art style works for this, the themes work, and that is an incredible feat in and of itself. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I love the way you said that. It was so much more eloquent than the way that I said it, but you're totally right. That's the other thing that I forgot to mention. Hooves of Death has freaking unicorns in a zombie apocalypse webtoon. Like, this is so freaking cool. And the unicorns are actually really awesome. And the magic and the way that they, you know, explain the magic of the unicorns in, in the world, like, it all just really works. Um, and the unicorns are really badass, too. Like, I, I, neither of us are particularly into unicorns. Like, they're wonderful, but, you know, we don't seek them out. But we're reading this and we're like, hell yeah, this is amazing. Yeah, I never thought I would say I would be super pumped about a zombie apocalypse story featuring unicorns but here really we are. here we are <laughs> so yeah absolutely if this sounds like your cup of tea check out hooves of death it's not as character focused of a story as some other ones that we've talked about and recommended but this is absolutely wonderful if this is your kind of thing and you think you'd be into it please check it out it is it is great moving on <laughs> yes. Apart from Hooves of Death, something else that I've been reading that I actually got stuck on last night uh, is Space Boy. And I know you love Space Boy. You're actually current on this, which I'm not yet. Yeah, I've only very recently gotten current, but oh man, do I love Space Boy. It is so good. Uh, yeah, and I mean, I don't blame you for taking this long to get current on it because... This webtoon started in 2015, I believe, and it's still going. So there's about 280-something chapters to read. So it's a lot, but it is 100% worth it. Extremely good. The storytelling is so good so far, at least to the point that I'm at in it. And I know you said that it stays pretty consistent. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's very rare for webtoons that are hundreds of chapters long to stay consistent and to stay interesting and gripping. And even though now I'm reading weekly instead of being able to binge it, I still feel like I'm getting a good amount of story each week. And that's really, really rare for such a long-running webtoon. Yeah, kudos to the author, Stephen McCraney. It's it's so wonderful. This is just a really wonderful story. I'm not in particular a sci-fi fan, which is how this webtoon is categorized, but 
This story just has so many lovely elements that really sucked me in. It feels very accessible to read, and it, it's just got these very enduring themes about people and their experiences. The premise of the story, it starts with a girl in deep space who lives with her father and her mother, and she views the world through flavors. Which is so, it's, it's a beautiful aspect to the story. It's so unique. So her mom has the flavor of mint, which is sharp and bright. And her dad just feels like a warm hug. His flavor is hot chocolate. So that's how she kind of views the world. And the story kind of progresses from there. I don't know how many spoilers we want to give, but she just has to go through all of these new life experiences, going through some life changes. She experiences friendships, sadness, a lot of discovery and wonder. And it is so beautiful to be there with her through that because we've all been through or will go through different experiences like that where we're going through a transition and it's scary, where we miss people, where we are longing for somebody. And it's such a lovely story that just carries all of these different elements and it makes you feel like you're sitting in the middle of it almost. That's kind of how I felt when reading this story. Some webtoons that you read, you kind of are on the outside admiring in or on the outside looking in of like, oh my gosh, this is happening in the story. Like, ah, I'm squeeing, I'm excited. Uh, oh, what's going to happen? But for this, I just feel very in the middle of it. Um, and, and I'm right there with the characters. Yeah, I think you've nailed it on the head. I When I read Space Boy, I am firmly behind the characters' eyes. And not just the main characters either, a lot of the side characters too. And I, I especially have a, have a fondness for Amy um, mm -hmm. because the flavors she experiences is a form of synesthesia. And as someone who also has a form of synesthesia, it's really nice to see it on the page. And it's nice to see it represented it's it's indescribable to other characters, but we get to see it, we get to experience it with Amy, and I think that's a really, really beautiful thing. Yeah, and the webtoon format is such a brilliant way to convey it, too, because there's so many methods that the author uses to convey these flavors that she feels about people and that she senses in people, and it's really well done. It's genius. Something else that I think also really contributes back to our earlier point about the way the story brings you in is the dialogue. I really love the dialogue and the actual writing of this webtoon. It feels so naturalistic, almost poetic, and you just feel like you're sitting there in the story uh, with the characters. And it feels almost like I'm reading a novel except it's obviously visual. It's really beautiful. I can't quite describe it. Maybe you'll have better words than I do. I think I know where you're getting at. It is poetic at times. It's poignant at times. It really, really speaks so well to the human condition. And it kind of, at least when I read it, there were moments where I cried. There were moments where I was angry. There were moments where I was elated. I felt the whole broad spectrum of emotion as the characters were, as the situations were playing out. And it's very rare to find webtoons that get you so engaged with all of it, all of what it has to offer. Absolutely. And I actually just thought of sort of a literary and film equivalent that 
kind of gives me the same feeling that I get when I read this webtoon, and that is Perks of Being a Wallflower. If any of you have read the book or watched the movie, it's this feeling of being inside Charlie's head, of kind of a quiet stillness that is throughout the movie, that's throughout the book. It's the same kind of stillness that Space Boy has. So even though all of these things are happening, it just feels very calm. It's a very calm read. Do you have any other thoughts on Space Boy? No, I think I'm good to move on. I love this one. And if you are interested in stories like this, if this kind of speaks to you, I would highly recommend you to check it out. But I think we can move on to... I have a couple of others that I'm reading. I'll get to When Tangents Meet first. So When Tangents Meet is kind of an older webtoon. It's already completed. I read it on Daily Pass on the app. And this webtoon came out in 2015, so it's been some years. It's a romance, which I like. I'm into the genre, and it's about a young high school couple. And I really like this couple. I really like the way the webtoon built up their relationship. I found myself kind of 100% on board with it, which that's the space you want to be in if you are reading a romance. You want to buy it, you want to believe it, you want to feel the chemistry. And I felt all those things for Landon and Rochelle, and I was genuinely rooting for them. I loved them. I loved all the different romantic beats, and I kind of cheered with every progression and milestone that this couple had together. Uh, I really like that these two started out as genuine friends. Before they veered into anything romantic, they had a solid basis of just knowing each other. But the confession scenes that happened, or the different romantic scenes, they were they were kind of swooningly romantic. It was beautiful. I really liked it. And we experience the webtoon through Landon's eyes, by the way. So it's through his lens that we view Rochelle, that we view the world, and we get a look into his baggage. We see how he moves through the world and how he interacts with people and how his experience of others and himself changes through his relationship with Rochelle, which I thought was very well done. It was a well-written high school love story in that there was a lot of depth to their relationship beyond just finding each other attractive, finding each other interesting. They genuinely made each other better they rooted for each other and they cheered each other on, which is what you want and what you can ask for in a relationship, especially in a relationship with two people who are so young. So it was really beautiful. It was a really beautiful story. I was happy to have read it. Um, grateful that it exists in the world. Those are pretty much my thoughts on When Tangents Meet. I really like the story. If you like a good romance, I think you will enjoy this one, uh, especially if you like a high school romance. I think you will enjoy this one. But that pretty much sums up my thoughts. Will, do you want to get into one of the other webtoons that you've been reading? Sure. I've been reading Thornstone and having a very, very fun time with it. Yeah, that one's interesting. I think you're a little further along in it than I am, but I've read a little bit of this one too. Yeah, I'm currently catching up. I'm not quite current yet. I'll be hopefully current with it soon. I really enjoyed the fantasy setting in Thornstone. It has a really, really unique magic system. The main character, Iris, is unable to use magic in a world where magic is fairly common. But in this world, there are ways to get around the limitation of not being able to use magic. And one of them, which is really interesting, is making a magic seal in which you set 
limitations on the kinds of magic you can do with it. And the more specific you get, either the more powerful or the more accessible that magic becomes for you, even if you have no potential to use magic. And I found this premise fascinating. And the story uses it in a very, very cool and interesting way. Yeah, I'm excited to read more of Thornstone. Yeah, it's it's a really, really fun webtoon. If you're looking for a story with really cool fantasy elements and some political intrigue and a pretty compelling plot to go with it, Thornstone is definitely, definitely worth checking out. Yeah, thank you for giving me and everyone else who's listening to this such a hearty recommendation, Will. Uh, appreciate it. I think there's one more that I want to mention before we get into some of the miscellaneous stuff, and that is Crumbs. Ooh, didn't Crumbs just have its series finale? Yeah, it did. It had its series finale, it ended its second season, and it is such a... oh man. So Crumbs is a webtoon that to me just feels very low-key, very understated. It's just a sweet, warm, feel-good read. I found it really enjoyable to read through. I didn't analyze too deeply into the story and to the characters uh, as much as I have for other webtoons because it is so feel-good. I found it to be a really nice, realistic depiction of a young couple, and I really like the way this webtoon portrayed how they resolve and overcome different relationship problems that they have. It's very much the kind of stuff that happens in the real world, where two people are either miscommunicating or have a misunderstanding. There's there's some problem going on. Someone has hangups. Like, you know, we've all gone through that uh, in different relationships, even if it's not romantic. And I like the way that this webtoon approached their relationship. It emphasized the need for communication and ultimately just created a relationship that we were all rooting for. We wanted them to be happy, but at the same time, and this is something I find pretty unique, even if they weren't together, I don't know about anyone else, but I personally felt totally okay if they weren't gonna remain together, if this problem was gonna be this couple's undoing, I was totally fine with these characters not ending up as a couple or going their separate ways because I was so invested in their happiness as individual characters. And I think that's a really unique thing for a webtoon to accomplish, actually, to make you really invested not only in characters' relationships and their future together, but also in them as separate adults with dreams and hopes and goals. And Crumbs did that. And the finale was just pitch perfect with everything else that it had built up to that point, which is all you can really ask for a story. To be consistent, to follow through, to, you know, be completed with the same amount of heart and dignity that it had throughout its run. So I'm very thankful and glad that I read this webtoon and really happy that I got to talk about it here. Something else that I think I can mention too that I find particularly unique about this webtoon is its incorporating of these different fantasy kind of magic elements as well. There's flying on a broom. That's not a super big spoiler because I think it happens pretty early on. You find out about all of this. But it's a nice way that this webtoon incorporates them. It doesn't feel out of place, especially in such a low-key story. I think that can happen. Having these fantasy elements or magic elements feel out of place in a story that is pretty grounded. But this one accomplishes it really well. Yeah, I'm glad to hear that Crumbs ended so well. I've only ever read the first episode and then I put it on my to read list and it's been sitting there ever since but it's a webtoon that has been getting a lot of buzz 
And it's always nice to see Webtoons end well and for all of its fans to agree that it did end well. Yeah, I I think that's a universally satisfying feeling when a story ends the way it was meant to end, you know? And it just feels cohesive, it feels right, and it just feels whole. And in general, ending a webtoon is such an accomplishment for the author, so it's wonderful that Witherling was able to finish their story the way they wanted to. So, it's great. Yeah, for sure. I think we're going to close out this episode by talking about some of their webtoons that we didn't get to. Uh, We'll give them a little bit of a shout out here. We're not going to go too in depth in them. Maybe we'll talk about them later. But Crudy, what do you want to start with? Yeah, Wolfman of Wolvershire is having its season finale, which is really exciting. Both of us are current on that webtoon. Yeah, it's a fun one for sure. We might talk about it in a future episode. So we're not going to get too, too into it right now. But it's definitely a fun one. Yeah, we recommend you guys catch up on it if you want to be in time and current for when the season finale drops. And of course, Crudy and I are keeping up on Purple Hyacinth, if you couldn't tell. We have a season one episode. We're recapping season two as it goes on. So we're still reading that, of course. Pay attention for that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you haven't checked out our episodes on that, please go do that. Crudy and I are also reading In the Bleak Midwinter, which had a really good episode this week. This one was an interesting one. I think you had a much better read on this. For me, I was, it took me a little while to kind of get my footing into this episode. Yeah, for me, this episode was much needed. We got some character moments that maybe should have happened earlier in the series, but I'm really happy that we got them. And the way they played out was really, really, really good. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I think it's a really good thing that we got those character moments. And it did give us more information on both of the characters that were kind of front and center this most recent episode, because we hadn't really seen those sides of them before. So I really appreciated seeing that. It was, I think, slightly jarring for me to see those different sides. But once I got a little bit more adjusted into it, it made a lot more sense to me. Something else that we squeed over that had a really good episode was Brass and Sass. Yes. It was so adorable. I really loved last week's episode, like, absolutely loved it there was like an adorable moment in it but this one was really cute too yeah we love brass and sass it's just such an adorable comic we'll go into more detail about it i'm sorry to cut you off will we'll go into more detail about it uh in in a future episode i think we're planning one but it's it's an adorable comic guys if you haven't checked it out i highly recommend you do it will's not even big into romance or high school romance and he loves it i would contest that a little bit Just a little bit. There are some high school romances that I'm really into and a lot of them that I'm not into. Fair enough. I will say that you are less into romance stories in general than I am, though. So it was actually pretty surprising because Will picked this one up first because he was a band kid. And so I think that that's where this caught your eye initially. But it actually just it has a wonderful wonderfully written romance wonderfully written characters it's really good yeah what actually brought me to brass and sass in the first place was girl wonders interview that she did with the creator aunt lorella and aunt lorella mentioned that she wanted a shoujo manga with band in it and she's absolutely right i've never read that story before and i didn't know i wanted it until i started reading it and now you can't stop i can't stop i'm reading it week by week please send help (laughs) but yes brass and sass 
at the end of the day, it's excellent. Uh, this week's episode was excellent, and we highly recommend you check it out. I think that wraps up pretty much all the webtoons that we wanted to talk about, Will. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we wrap up? No, Curdy. I think that is everything on our list. Yeah. Thanks so much, you guys, for listening to this week's podcast. It was a little bit more of an informal format, so we hope you enjoyed it. And we wanted to try this format where we'd be able to talk about a lot of different webtoons as well and in a spoiler-free way. So if you haven't read them, you'd still be able to listen and hopefully learn about a new webtoon that may catch your eye. Who knows? So let us know if you were into this, if we should keep doing these kinds of episodes. And if you're not into this, conversely, please let us know that as well. We want to know what you want to hear from us. Yeah, and be sure to check us out on the usual socials, The Webtoon Room on Twitter and Instagram, and thewebtoonroom at gmail.com. Thank you guys very much for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye.